Hey guys, and welcome to On Set with Errol Koenig. I'm Errol Koenig. This week, we have an awesome guest, production designer Oliver Scholl. He has worked on blockbuster films such as The Man from U.N.C.L.E., Edge of Tomorrow, and Independence Day. In this episode, we talk about how he got a start when growing up in Germany, and his inspiration when designing a film. So here's my interview with Oliver Scholl. Welcome, Oliver uh, Scholl. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to my right. podcast. All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for participating. Uh, this is You're very welcome. Really a, a big help. Um, so I guess kind of introduce yourself. Say what you do on set. Well, um, my name is Oliver Scholl. I'm the production designer of this movie, and um, well, I design for and with the director and the producers and with. Uh, the director of photography and the help of a really big art department and other people I designed the look of the movie. Okay, great. Um, so I guess what, you know, other than I guess just basic designing what's going on, you know, what responsibilities do you have on more of a day-to-day basis? Um, I think I need to, we need to backtrack sure thing. Uh, the questions because it's really it's really more a question a day-to-day basis it completely changes on what part of the production mm-hmm. phase we're in so it's a bit more shifting I mean the design process is not a thing that you kind of start and then you stop and then you film and uh, and then you're done it's 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 something that kind of has different uh, implications at different points in the process of mm-hmm. developing a movie and and making it and uh, so depending on that uh, it changes what I'm doing so in the very be- uh, beginning I get uh, I'm often hired in what they call visual development mm-hmm. which is uh, that's like the bare bones uh, scenario where you have a producer on you have um, a director a studio that wants uh, to make the whole thing happen and the script does or does not exist yet or is in development or in treatment form or just beats or so and and everybody is kind of wondering well what is this movie going to be uh, one day what are we going to see on screen what kind of tone is it going to have uh, what's the visual mm-hmm. world especially if you do um, science fiction properties or something that's more fantastic uh, mm-hmm. from the environment so in, in those scenarios I get hired at the very beginning to help develop ideas of settings and environments that the action could take place in. And um, we hire illustrators to execute this, to, to flesh out and come up with ideas too. And um, that's my background. I started as an illustrator I, and I studied uh, product design in Germany before getting into this. So that's the, the, the kind of wild and crazy phase in the mm-hmm. very beginning when you can Sky's the limit, there's no budget per se, no, no cost discussions per se. It's more about finding the movie and um, finding an, a, a take on the story. And then uh, once you have something that everybody kind of agrees on uh, and the, if the movie gets uh, greenlit or moving forward, you go into pre-production and in pre-production things change a bit in terms of now it's not just about pretty pictures and some research it's um, about well how are we actually going to do this what 
are the sets really going to be like? How big are they? Uh, you go into 3D models uh, much more and you start really designing details and um, the artwork gets more elaborate and it gets more analyzed in terms of how do you realize these things? Mm-hmm. How can you really, uh, like production design is not set design. Set design is part of it. But if you if you read a script and you have a, a, a scene that has a certain action that takes place in a certain setting, mm-hmm. that setting can actually be, that setting can need to have like several sets within one scene uh, and virtual extensions for visual effects and so in order to realize it. So that's part of my job and then working with visual effects is to figure out and with other departments is to figure out, okay, how does it get divided? How does the cake, the cake get cut? Mm-hmm. Where does the money get spent? Does it get spent on the physical production side or does it get spent on the uh, visual effects post-production side? Or mm-hmm. is it more something that we can't spend at all? And it's all, all discussions that I'm not doing by myself. That's always with uh, a team of very uh, talented and experienced people uh, that are supporting me uh, and that are working with me. So there's that. Um, the directors and the director photography and the visual effects supervisor mm-hmm. and visual effects producers and then in my department I'm the head of the product, uh, of the art department uh, you have the supervising art director and my art directors that help with um, the execution of the designs like the how much stage space do we need how, mm-hmm. how big are the sets uh, how high are they where can we put them uh, and then so in this in this pre-production phase, you basically start addressing all these issues, mm-hmm. and uh, what comes to uh, what also happens is you start going out and looking at locations, and uh, then you get phot- photographs of locations, and that goes back into illustration. So there's a lot of Photoshop paintovers and measurements and trying to see if things fit, and uh, so you come up with, the, with a. a like a blueprint of how things can be done for the movie. Mm-hmm. So at that time uh, in the production, my job is to run around and try to talk with a lot of people and come up with ideas and try to coordinate that, that effort and, and spearhead that effort. Um, we start construction towards the end of the pre-production phase so that by the production, meaning when the shoot begins, we yeah. actually have sets standing there that they can shoot in. But there is not a clear cutoff, meaning we don't build all the sets and then we start shooting. We start building sets, they start shooting and we still keep building sets. Mm-hmm. So once they start shooting, my job is like split between uh, whatever still needs to be designed and finished up mm-hmm. um, and looking at the sets uh, that are just before they're getting shot to go on set, open the sets and make sure that the things are as discussed or any changes are made to the director's liking. And um, and then towards the end of the shoot, which we are at now, um, it's not about the new sets anymore. It's more about wrapping up and making sure that in post-production information and the ideas are still documented and they mm-hmm. can readily find those plans and illustrations and images for everybody to work with. That's okay. Kind of, that's kind of it. Wow, that, that was a very uh, detailed thing, which is perfect for you know, what we're looking for. So I, I guess when you're designing, um, you know, a, a set or, you know, I, I guess an entire motion picture, uh, what, what's kind of your inspiration? What, what are you looking for when you're well, kind of designing? I mean, I'm hired to design the movie for and with uh, the director and the studio. So there's, 
There's a, and there's a screenplay, so there's a, a tone that's set in the screenplay. There's a, a tone that's set by the director. He may have reference images, reference uh, movies that he like refers to or she. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you kind of look at that reference material and try to see how you can how that affects what it could be. And you, as I said, the locations you look at what what's out there and what you can actually achieve and it's like on one hand you go from the theoretical part of what uh, the screenplay and your conversations with, the, with all the people involved evokes in you and you try to come up with ideas from that world and then you have uh, on the other end of the spectrum the pragmatic uh, side of well we can shoot here we can shoot here these locations are available and you like try to like compress those two opposing poles into, mm -hmm. uh, into something that is a uh, sometimes more on the theoretical side and sometimes more uh, on the practical side uh, achieving what you what you want to get to so it's how do I how do I come up with ideas or so that's like it's really hard to say it's in general I don't think it's it, it is a uh, a process that can be very random and it is on the other hand it's a process that's very guided in terms of you go through a certain process of researching and doing your homework and creating a framework for your design that everything has to be within um, and uh, the worst scenario is if you can do anything mm -hmm. so you, you you kind of want to narrow down from anything to what it needs to be so you build a framework that your design has to fulfill my background is product design and not film design mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, a film is a product. It's not the set. It's not the product of production design. It's okay. a film that's the product. And uh, and the other thing is also it's not necessarily a well. This is what it's supposed to be, and that's why we do this and that, and then that's what it's going to be. It's not a linear process. It's very much uh, a journey that you go on with a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, where the targets are sometimes moving and shifting and changing. And sometimes the story and the actors uh, kind of explore and find what it needs to be and what the looks are. And so it's not designing into a black white or so. It's, it's mm -hmm. really very collaborative. Okay. Um, so I, I guess a little bit more specific, you worked on a couple movies uh, based off of um, comic books such as Batman Forever, you know, a little bit earlier on, and Man of Uncle, which is coming out tomorrow. Congratulations on that. Um, but... Uh, you know, for those, how, how much influence do you take from the comic books? Well, Band from Uncle, I don't even know if it was a comic book. It was a TV series. Oh, a TV series? Well, it was from, from yeah. back in the 60s where it yeah. had... Uh, it's lesser known, um, but it's from, from an original, from a source that's already been out there. Yeah. Um, well, that's the, that's the question. Which, are, which script is really original uh, and completely from the ground? I also concept design uh, Stargate which at the time I made the, the feature film mm -hmm. not the series was uh, original so it was a different world um, how do you I mean, it, it's the same thing you just have you just have more influences and a different element in your framework that you need for your design so Man from Uncle um, yes you I watched um, the series and then the whole weekend on several weekends actually uh, of binge watching um, mm -hmm episodes and episodes and episodes and uh, but then you're kind of like you know what it's it doesn't really get you where you want to go because you not you don't want to redo the TV series 
uh, that would be disastrous because it's uh, the viewing the the viewing uh, the, the aesthetics have changed um, the the pacing has changed um, th there's just so many things that have changed now in the way we see moving pictures now that you can't compare it necessarily and you have to find a reinterpretation that honors what was there in the original series and takes the elements that everybody kind of remembers that like stick around and the in the common <laughs> mm -hmm. mind uh, frame of everybody, kind of kind of stick around these ideas uh, and and b maintain those and bring those into the series, but then they come up with with uh, new interpretations and and uh, fun things. And it's like in the end, it's also not don't forget that it's it's uh, it's a lot about the script. It's like mm -hmm. th that. How do you value the source material? Is a lot in the script already. Mm -hmm. It's like how much, how close is it to the comic, or how close is it to uh, to the original TV series uh, storylines that were in there. That is, that's kind of the starting point for everything. So, I you try to you try to honor it. A good example is I did like um, I did Time Machine, mm -hmm. uh, the Warner Brothers remake of the H.G. Wells uh, uh, version of the yeah. H.G. Wells. Uh, movie and uh, story and um, it's like how do you redo the time machine it's like it's this iconic mm -hmm. sled with a spinning disc and everybody is, loves the charm of the original and everything and it's the same thing oh my god how can you redo it and and so you better design a, a time machine that's kind of interesting and uh, funny enough it was a similar approach as on, on these it's like you try to honor the time that you're in and you try to make it real and feel appropriate for the period so same thing on on uncle mm -hmm. or on um, certain other current projects mm -hmm. so. Cool. all right so i, I guess uh, let's bring it back a little bit to um your background you already talked a little bit about you know where you got your start in the industry but uh before that did you go to a school uh to study design or film yeah i mean i it's, um, I studied uh, industrial design, product design in Germany. Um, I got into the whole thing, into the whole design and illustration and all that stuff because there, um, 1961, there was a, a paperback series launched in, in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. That's still going on now. It's uh, every week there's a novella published. Mm -hmm. It's called Perry Roden. And uh, it's like 70 page novels. And they had, uh, it's like space opera kind of stuff. Um, over three and a half thousand stories now, as far as I remember. And, and they have a continuous world. And that was really impressive uh, when I was like 14, 15, mm -hmm. 16, starting to get read into reading that. And that was very inspiring because they had um, really interesting cover pages, cover illustrations, mm -hmm. and uh, cross-section drawings of spaceships in it and so uh, this all started for me by getting really inspired and trying to do these cross-sections so I did that the kind of were black and white ink drawings that were published mm -hmm. um, then that kind of led to airbrush illustrations and full color work and whatever and then I decided to study uh, industrial design because I was interested in good in physics and biology and and uh, art 
Mm-hmm. So physics and arts was my favorite, and and so I went into industrial design, uh, and I kept uh, doing illustrations for German science fiction magazines and book mm-hmm. covers and things like that, and uh, dabbled dabbed a bit in advertising and graphic design. Um, but then, during my design school, uh, stu- uh, school uh, during university, I, I basically met uh, Roland Emmerich when he was still working on a German production. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked for he was looking for somebody to do concept art for a project for us, and um, we headed off, and uh, that led to coming to America and all the other things. So I, I pretty much all run up my career in that. Okay, great. Um, so uh, I mean, for I guess young filmmakers and young I guess production designers, and w- would you suggest I, I guess a similar path of you know going to school to kind of follow your passion and then? I think the one thing that's in common with with the designers I've worked for as an illustrator and uh, the designers I've met uh, so far is that they have all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so the common thing is that they're very different. And um, it's really, I think the most important thing about this business, about any business, whether it's film or anything else, is networking, uh, about trying when you, go, when you go to school, whatever you do, whatever you study, or uh, if you don't want to study, if you go and work as an illustrator, graphic designer, mm-hmm. or if you want to go hands-on, whatever you do, try to... Um, diversifies your opportunities and try to get the jobs that give you the most connections and and that have the most that that multiply your possibilities Mm -hmm. so you don't run into a dead-end street and um, so the typical process I mean I ate a a standard uh, production design career uh, if that exists at all uh, at least uh, in, in the parameters of like the art director's guild or so would be you, you start uh, as a PA in, in an art department or so and you learn set design and you work your way up to assistant art director, art director, production designer mm-hmm. or you study architecture uh, a lot of people study architecture and then uh, decide to go into set design instead of into architectural firms mm-hmm. and then from that set design point you can work your way up into art direction and production design. Um, some people decide that uh, it's not worth a headache and they stick with art direction or with set design. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's really up to your personal taste and, and uh, again, whom you meet at what time in your life uh, where you go with this stuff. I don't think you can really plan it. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to let it happen. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, so I guess we're wrapping up. Got two more questions. Um, so I guess for this one, uh, Pick, I guess, a few or you know as many as you can think of must-see films that a student filmmaker or student oh production designer would watch, and what makes them so great. I'm the wrong person to ask to ask that. Um, um, Are there any just one that, big, that stands out? I mean, to me, it's like uh, having said I'm a science fiction fan, so there's like the there's like 2001. That that is just amazing. Uh, still valid out there. Um, I I've I'm I've been recently really fascinated with Danny Boyle's work. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, and that's I mean anybody like somebody who can do trance and sunshine and Slumdog Millionaire and 
that's just amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all visually very different and uh, dramatically different and fascinating to me. Um, something that uh, I really enjoyed was, uh, to my surprise, was uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, very untypical, but actually a really good example of mm -hmm. what I think a science fiction should be, even though nobody thinks of it as a science fiction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then on the other spectrum of like uh, experimental is Under the Skin, Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, mm -hmm. uh, where, uh, that where you're like reminded of like David Bowie, the man who fell, from, fell to earth or something like this. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just a really wide spectrum and you have to find your own toxin, I think, in the end. But that's kind of what I like. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I don't want to go for it. No, that's, that's a great list uh, to go on. Um, so I guess for our final question, uh, what advice do you have for young filmmakers and young production designers? <laughs> as I said, uh, I think it's the same thing. It's like um, if, you, if you're doubting of what decision to make and what step to make next, to make the step that you think gives you, the more, gives you more choices, mm -hmm. opens more choices. Even if it might not be the right step, then you know at least you can have other routes to go into if you do the if you take the choice that's like more of a dead end or doesn't have as many as many options to it then it's it's really tricky because you you can talk i mean the i think the big thing is to talk with people approach people um i found when i came to the states uh i met pretty very very quickly after i came to the states um, I met with Sid Mead, um, who was my big idol and still like an amazing uh, presence designer for films and for futurism and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, I guess what I wanted to get to was is the people that are real professionals, they will, they will make time if you, if you approach them uh, in an in a, in a appropriate way. Mm -hmm. uh, and ask them they will make time to answer questions for you so you can learn from others and that's what it boils down to just try to network and keep your eyes and ears open about what's out there and where it can go okay and right. listen oh great thank you so much for participating so there was my interview with Oliver Scholl a big thanks to Oliver for joining me on the podcast don't forget to like our Facebook page to stay updated. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud so you can get all the latest episodes. And give us a good rating if you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on set.